This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. While I don't know at nonfiction, but the creativity of the uh, video and the speech were really excellent. <laughs> and uh, may Hashem help I become the person you would like me to be. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll take, it as, we'll take it as a bracha. Hello. Before I start, Rabbi Yomit, I want to thank you so much for giving me something so meaningful. I really mean it. I think I don't own many silver boxes and messy boxes and menorahs and stuff. I don't really care that much. This is me. This is where we're from. These are our roots. And I couldn't have asked for anything more. I really, really appreciate it. Our rabbis taught us that you start by honoring the host, the venue. I guess in this case, the first, the hosts are, again, Rabbi Sanders, who really puts his neshamit at the event, and Mrs. Goldman. It's the first time I've had the pleasure <laughs> They work over time so that both the shiva does well and that everyone feels comfortable and, uh, and it's something that has been perhaps despite the, the uh, hard work, it's been a real pleasure to work with you. I want to thank the Rebbeim and Rabbanim of the Yeshiva who worked so hard at this and put the Nesham into it, their hearts in it. Like I said before, whether it's creative, wishful thinking, but the Nesham is there, the heart's there, and I appreciate every ounce of feeling. And I appreciate the fact that you did not take off one iota of time from the teaching duties in order to create this. I, I would have noticed had you taken off some time from saying that. This was done surreptitiously on deep dark hours in the night. And uh, I want to thank you for the heavy work that you put in, the hard work you put in, and you put in. I want to thank um, Maiman, uh, Avi, for joining us and coming. I first came seeing the work he's done there. And it's, it's, it's a nafis world for us to see the work he does, the quality, and the way he goes about doing it. I would like to thank the chair people who worked hard, and all the alumni who came in, people came in from so far, San Diego, Cincinnati, um, Memphis, many other places. Um, I really, sorry? Israel. Israel, yes. Hani <laughs> came in from Israel. Everybody should know Hani. <laughs> He probably hitched his way across the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years have passed since the yeshiva started. 20 years is a generation. Our first grandchild was born the first year that I came and I, they did the pick. The, I, that's, I had to make a decision about coming back for a bris. And that grandson is today in his first or second year yeshiva dola, depending if you count it, it's an American. The first, our yeshiva's first grandchildren 
are on the cusp of themselves going on the Yeshiva So 20 years has been, a generation has passed, and it's a time to reflect and to sum up and to move on to the next level of accomplishment and challenges. The, um, the 20 years that have passed having a Yeshiva in town is something that is notoriously difficult to exactly explain what a yeshiva is unless you've been to one. A high school, a yeshiva high school, makes a lot of sense. We know what a high school is, and you need one with a yeshiva program, and that's that. Commuting needs it, and it's very simple to get a sense of what it is and what it's there for. Yeshiva not as, a, as ne, not as necessarily giving ordination, and in general, bringing students in from far and wide to come here, is still, we still grapple with getting an exact definition, uh, a description, really, of what it is. We're trying to renew our commitment and our faith in it, strengthen it, and Maimonides writes in his guide that you can't believe in something that you can't describe or picture or give it some sort of conceptual description. So unless we're going to be able to give ourselves a picture of what a Yeshiva is and maybe some sort of definition, it's going to be hard to give ourselves the commitment that we need. And I want to try to draw a picture of it and maybe home in on a definition. I'd like to take four events. Studying Talmud is difficult. And when we finish a tome of the Talmud, we make a party, we make a seal. Finishing the entire Talmud is an enormous accomplishment. There were towns in Europe they would celebrate seven days when the town in, in its learning in its daily learning session managed to finish it. So I'd like to pick and I'd like to remember three or four of those moments of Siyama Shas and Yeshiva and get a sense of the facets of the Yeshiva, of the different dimensions that the Yeshiva has. Because it really is the yeshiva with so many facets, so many dimensions. And getting a sense, a picture of each of those is important to help get us, to give us a grasp of what the yeshiva is. A year and a half ago, I was in Shalai. And there was a young man there, in his mid-30s, whose family is a Silver Spring family, the Lindsay family. And the youngest son, the older children attended the yeshiva high school. The youngest son, Mordechai, attended the yeshiva high school as the yeshiva dola was beginning. I think his junior year was our first year, and then the senior year was our second year. As a prize, or as a necessity for his brilliance and diligence, he was allowed in the yeshiva dola shir. Him and Yonas Spolta, Mrs. Spolta's here, and Yonas and Spolta, they were the two boys that were privileged to be part of that shir. I would like to think that that year, 
gave him an appetite for the mirror style of learning. And I think he's probably the first one from the Yeshiva High School who went straight to the Mir Yeshiva in 1990, it must have been the six or seven, and became a star student. And 15 years later, he was making a Siyam Ashas B'iyum with all the commentaries and a full depth. The most Hashiv scholars, the most important scholars of the Mi Yeshiva were sitting there, a room full, and a Silver Spring boy made a Siyam Ashas. He spoke for an hour, not a sermon, but a learned discourse where he wove together a point based on either a question or a proof from every single volume in Shas. Incredible. It was on Suffolk Rabbanu Lahakal and Suffolk Daraisa. And uh, some of it was incredibly creative. All of it was erudite. And the most prominent Rabbanu were there arguing vigorously and held his own. And this was one of the first products of Yeshiva. And I was incredibly proud for myself, for all of you, to be there. And this is the Bikurim, the beginning fruit of the yeshiva. He subsequently put out extremely, extremely learned volume on an obscure mesect on the Ela, incredible. This is Silver Spring. But that wasn't the first CMI Shas that I attended. A year and a half before that, one of our first students, I think he came second or third year, a local boy, Daniel Kramer, had been part and parcel of the yeshiva since he came. And his path was to combine a life of chinuch and studying. And he has, he does extremely well, he has extraordinary talents in certain areas of chinuch that he uses. He's available for different educational things, and whenever he's not busy, he's sitting and learning. And he finished Shas with his methodical, consistent dedication. And he made a Sima Shas. His wife, also Yeshiva graduate, holds on to a full-time job so that he can do that. And what many people don't know is that he's, he's a person who is methodical, consistent. He's made many siyumim on Mishnayis, on Tanakh, on Medrash, Mishnabura, and day in, day out. He's a role model that there's another way to do it. Weaving in chinuch and learning every spare moment and using it efficiently. But that wasn't the first Yom Shas that I attended in the yeshiva either. When the yeshiva started, the, it created a little bit of an environment that people could walk in and it was pleasant to learn. In, the, in a secular world, a library has to be dead quiet, like a mausoleum almost. It's got to be extremely, extremely quiet. The yeshiva thrives on energy. And people in the community found 
that here was a place people would be sitting up to late and learning. There was a cold Torah, there were sounds of Torah, there was sparring, tables. There was, it, it felt right to sit and study. And one of the people who was involved in yeshiva from an early age onwards, who unfortunately can't be here tonight because he's an oval, Mr. Judd Lifshitz, became a regular yeshiva, learning many, many different things. And the seum of the Dafayomi happened about two years later, and he was extremely taken by it, and made it his business to start a Dafayomi at Silver Spring. He convinced, lobbied, cajoled, pushed, pulled, and as a lawyer would say, but not restricted to these methods only, <laughs> and got himself together a group of people, and they began studying. As an aside, is one of our early Talmudim, Rabbi Hess, who now says that we for many years already. And he got a great group of people, some who had never studied before, some who hadn't studied many years. Very, very difficult, not easy. Persevered, pulled through, and made not one Siyamashas, but two Siyamashas. And that's another model of a Siyamashas in Silver Spring. I sit in awe and watch at 9 o'clock people come in who've been working very hard all day, really hard. They've done five, six, and they're, and they're out and they're working and so on. And I see them come in, they in, they out. And it's not easy for them. They push themselves. I know that some of them haven't eaten supper yet when they come sometimes. And they're there, and they're learning. I want to single out one particular picture that stands in front of my eyes when I look at it. I sometimes see Mr. Franco, who is one of the staunchest longtime supporters of the yeshiva, sitting there with his son Sammy, and sometimes Stevie comes in. And sometimes Stevie's son comes when he comes back from New York. He's sitting and learning in front of that row. He's not doing that. He only was doing his own thing. And I see three generations sitting and learning. And a pasuk flashed in front of my eyes. Banecha Your children are like aloe blossoms. Savid around your table. Hine, behold, So does God bless people who are God-fearing. That picture of a grandfather and children and grandchildren sitting together and learning is a picture of Me'en Olm Hava. Ashrecha, Mr. Franco, and for many, many healthy good years, may you merit seeing yourself with your children, grandchildren, and Bezat Hashem, soon great-grandchildren, sitting huddled together learning. Amen. That's a third type of Siyamashas. One more Siyam, not a Siyamashas, but something that maybe ranks in many ways with a Siyamashas, in difficulty, in undertaking, and so on. Many years ago, there was a boy in the Silver Spring area with extremely limited abilities, really extremely limited. He could not really attend school in any meaningful way. He would come sometimes, he worked a bit down the, the, in the market, and, and, and so on. One of the boys in yeshiva 
decided he wants to do something for him on a social level, on a spiritual level, on every level. And in his own initiative, this young man went, engaged a boy, and said, let's make a seum together. And they learned Pirkei Ovos. It required patience of a saint. The boy had anxiety issues, extremely limited ability to process things. And this boy from Yeshiva sat with him, day in, day out. I don't know how long, it took months, months, maybe over a year, until they finally reached the end. And he coaxed the boy not to be embarrassed, and we made a seal. He prepared a few words for him to say and helped him with it. And the boy had an extraordinary moment. He leads to live in a sheltered environment. And I think this moment is the moment of his life in terms of accomplishment, and the moment of his life in terms of spiritual achievement. And it's not a wonder that the boy's teacher has become an excellent Rebbe and our assistant principal, Rabbi Hess. Those are forced to human. There's a famous quote from the Gra, from the Vilna Gaon. He says that in, in, a, in the word seal, the hidden letters and the open letters, so to speak, have the same numerical value. Meaning some languages like uh, English, the ABC has no word associated with it, just ABC. And some like in Greek, you have alphabet and gamma and so on. You have a word. And in Hebrew, it works out that the four letters, some of you above mem, if you count the numerical value of the letter that you're pronouncing, and the hidden letters, they're the same. Um, it's one of the cryptic remarks of the, of the Goyen, and many give it different explanations. I would like to offer the following explanation. To start something is usually a burst of your own enthusiasm. To carry something through to the end requires a lot of support, a lot of backup support, and many hidden players who are there rooting for you and supporting you. This moment is a sort of a seal. We're, we're sort of finishing a 20-year period of generations, so to speak. And we've given, we've painted four pictures of four seyumim. I'd like to bring out four hidden partners in this seal. The first was Rav Enema Zohan Lebracha. Rav Enema was the Rav, I'm saying it for the people who are not from the community. He was, he founded Silver Spring for 50 years. He was the backbone of everything that there was in Silver Spring rest on his shoulders. I believe that from the day he came with two congregants and running back and forth, he dreamt of a yeshiva. It couldn't be otherwise because he was, if anyone who studied in the yeshiva dreamt that a yeshiva would be in the community. He did not say it because he was a very, very practical person and knew when things would not work. But I believe it was his hopes and dreams and prayers that's the first silent partner that made, that allowed the yeshiva to happen and gave it a success. The second partner, who I think some of you would wonder why I'm calling him silent, 
um, is somebody that he's silent because he carries so much of the burden. Everyone said it couldn't be done, and Rabbi Merkel didn't argue, he just did it. Whether it was getting Bachman, whether finding somebody from a Tisrol to, to, to teach here, whether it's finances. For the first few years at Yeshiva, we didn't have much staff. He was mashkir, so to speak. He was co, he ran the Yeshiva together. Almost everything that needed to be done and took place, he did it. And sometimes when somebody is, the, the Sosram says, sometimes when things are so apparent, they become, they disappear. He's so much involved in everything that sometimes we forget to think about. And he's the second silent partner for the CU. The third partner. In the years that I was traveling back and forth, six years, I just, the, my family situation did not allow me to bring my kids. They were different ages, and each one would have been a different issue. And as difficult it was, we decided that that was the better decision. Six years where somebody had to be a father and a mother for nine children and bear a tremendous emotional strain. It was children, one had just been married and one was four or five years old. Different ages and everything basically was on a silent partner's shoulders. A silence was not a silence of acquiescence. It wasn't a stoic silence. It was a silence of strength, dignity, and encouragement. And her silence speaks louder than anything else as to why I'm here today. Is the soil that it's growing. And 
I won't, you should look at your wine bottles and if you find them and, and look at salt, sunny, hilly, chilly, whatever it is, those, that goes into it. But it is like that. The soil and the environment is the greatest, um, it, it's, it has the greatest impact on what grows there. I found the community to be the extraordinary place to make yeshiva. There's intellectual honesty, there's a desire to know truth, there's personal integrity, there's civility, many, many great qualities. And people's lives are centered on values. And people are understated in, in their material possessions. People really care about important things. And Again, whatever shade or you it takes on, at the end of the day, it's ideal soil for yeshiva. And it is you as a community collectively that this is what, what it's produced. It's because it's such fertile soil and such ideal soil for yeshiva that we have yeshiva like this. And the yeshiva products have themselves the notes and the, and, and the tones and the flavors of, of and the nuances that community has. It's not a yeshiva that is divorced from the community, it's not a yeshiva that's isolated. It, it absorbs some of the best qualities of community and brings it out in the fruits of Almeida. And we have, I think, over 60 of our alumni who live here, and many more wish they could live here. And it's all because of what they found in the community that, that resonates so well with them. It, it resonates with what they taught at Yeshiva and the values they picked up. So you are the fourth and the most important silent partner to the, to the Yeshiva. We've talked about Siyumim a lot. I, I just think that, that those are the big windows, the, the, the big murals. But there's so much that fills in um, the spaces between them. On a typical day, Rabbi Weingold comes and opens the yeshiva at 5.30, quarter to 6, and there are people there studying, people who are going to work afterwards. There are people who come in and are able, their business, their schedule allows them to stay there until 9, 10 o'clock. The rabbanim of the neighborhood come in, Rabbi Walter, Rabbi Frank, Rabbi Rosenberg comes out in the afternoon. The, the, the people who do care work, this is the place they come to get recharged. In the morning, you'll find any you'll find anyone of Rabbi Koretsky, Rabbi Goldstein, all of them. This is the place where they learn. This is the place where they interact with with Rebbeim. This is their makom, and that's the morning. At night, we have the dafayom, and we have another dirsha program at night, run by two of our alumni, two alumni who are extremely successful professionally and very busy, and Rabbi Kotel and the Pintus Werner find the time and dedication night in, night out to take turns saying the Dirshu share. This is all also part of Yeshiva. If I need to pick one moment that gives me the greatest satisfaction, the moment for me that is a snapshot of what that of what that of, of what Yeshiva is, it's the following moment. Shabbos morning we dive in at 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock it's finished. There's a shear in the other room, attended about by about 30, 40 people. And then when I finish the shear, I walk into Bresmerish. And I observe. In one corner, 
one of our alumni, Craig Simon, is, is leading a group of people who have never had much experience learning Gemara, take, coaxing them to take turns saying the Gemara. In one corner, Rabbi Ophelivi is sitting with a group of Sfardim teaching them. In one corner is a Dafayomi. In one corner, there's always an emergency child of Rabbi Reingold about a child that's, that's too hot, too cold, too much water, not enough water, or something. There's always something happening. There's somebody tugging at the Reingold, desperately trying to figure out what to do. And then there are fathers with children, not an official program, not an officer that comes at night, sitting and learning. Imagine a child who grows up when the nicest day of the week, the holiest day of the week, with the person he cherishes most, sitting and studying Torah, Torah together. When you have that triple bond of the Kedusha of Shabbos, and the Kedusha of a parent and a teacher, and the Kedusha of Torah, bonding parents and children, that's extraordinary. If I can think of a moment of Nachas, I always stand by the door and look around. And I say to myself, the Gemara says, Kul al-Mamayda, that, that, that the Torah was given on Shabbos. This is the picture, this is a scene. So let's finish with giving a, um, we've, we've, we've tried to draw a picture of it. Maybe a definition. Something to give it a little bit more to define what it is. And you will excuse me, it's going to be physics again. <laughs> when you look for sources of energy, you always run into a problem that energy gets depleted very rapidly. So that no source of energy is really good. I mean, some are more efficient, some less efficient. We do have one process that actually gives us more fuel, not more energy, but more fuel when we finish the process than when we started. And it's called a breeder reactor. It's a type of reactor that goes away, works in the type of material. You end up with more fissionable material at the end than you did at the beginning. That's an incredible thing. It means that you can keep fueling it and, and, and fueling it, and each time you stoke it, you get more fuel in the process. The, a Jewish community stands on three pillars. Torah, Avodah, and Melchizedek. Each one has its own unique features. And each one is irreplaceable. What's unique about Torah is, Torah is a breeder reactor. It draws people in. A fire of study and, and learning attracts people. And as people get drawn in, it increases the volume, the energy, uh, it, 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 the, everything about it. It becomes much more powerful, and in turn draws more people in, and more people. Students that do well study more and more, and it encourages others to do the same, and others to do the same. The yeshiva is not only the engine of the community, it's a breeder reactor. It has in itself the ability to keep giving a lot more than is put in exponentially so. And that's the heart of a community. Something that you don't need to keep pumping it, but when it reaches its critical mass, it will keep on burning, drawing in more fuel and more fuel. I want to finish with a tefillah. Um, again, I'm speaking on behalf of the community, and I'm in the name of everyone. When you make a seal, 
you say will your God, God, that just as you have helped me finish this tome, you help me start and finish many more tomes. May this be a moment of thrill of all of us, that just as we finished sort of a 20-year period, a generation of yeshiva, and reach a certain point of accomplishment and success, may HaKadosh Baruch will give us the ability to start a new chapter and finish and start and finish and start.